podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, welcome back to the non-league treatment room with me, Cookie, and I'm buzzing to be back today for our second episode, I can't believe I'm saying it, the second episode of the podcast. Um, after the first episode did so well, we are back and we have a player for you today, our first player on the podcast and we can't wait to get him on. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Davo, aka Uncle Lee, aka Lee Davis. <laughs> How are you mate, you okay? I'm very good mate, thank you, very good. good. You had a good week? Uh, it's been good, mate. It's been, I mean, regarding the podcast, some unbelievable messages. Obviously, uh, the following's been great. Some of the messages that I've had on Instagram, Twitter, even on my WhatsApp have been unreal. So, um, yeah, definitely. It's been superb. And obviously, the sun's out as well, which is always a yeah, big bonus. Very nice, yeah. We were, we'll touch on that. The first episode was unbelievable, and we had so much support. and um, I think we're over 400 downloads at the minute, which is absolutely incredible and uh, never realised uh, or never thought that would happen. Um, no. But I just want to say, if you have listened to the first one and, yet, and you're not follow, following our social media, please make sure you're following our social media on Instagram and Twitter at the Non-League Treatment Room because that is where you'll find all our latest updates, uh, guests that are going to be coming on and any news to do with the podcast. So that's what you need to do is follow the Non-League Treatment Room everything's going to be in the description in the podcast down below so you can always find it on there and um and yeah so let's bang on son yeah should we um should we get him in let's get him in yeah lovely on today's show then we have someone who's played at the highest level of non-league football the national league he's graced the turf at Wembley and lifted the FA trophy with Brackley Town back in 2018 he's played nearly 400 non-league games and recently just signed for Brackley Town in the summer and is ready to go again for another season please welcome Alex Goodger Welcome, Gooch. Hello, hello, boys. How are we? Yes, very, very yeah, well, mate. Very good. Very, very good. Very, very well. And good. Uh, you enjoying the sun? Yeah, lovely, lovely. Um, I was just saying to Lee, you know, I've, uh, I think I've been down the Adders once before, so you know, it's all it's all new down here. But um, but now uh, I think it was a pre-season game last time I was here, or maybe in a cup or something like that. But. Um, but no, it's a great little ground. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Big shout out to the Adders again, giving us the clubhouse. Mm. I think that, I think we can call this home now, can't we? Yeah, we're going to take it over, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be our base from, from going forward. So, bit warm in here though, isn't it, good? Yeah, it's a very, bit warm. Sun's out, no air con. complaining. No we're air con. Come down all. about two stock. Come out about two stone lighter <laughs> when we come out. Nick, if you're listening, we need to invest in some air con. Thank you, yes. mate. Um, as as you know, it's pre-season. How do you find pre-season as a footballer? Uh, it's nice. Um, Is that different now because you're a little bit older in, when you were younger? Was it more like, oh, I want to be back at it? or? Yeah, it probably. Bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, when you're, when you're younger and... Um, you know, you've uh, you've come out of football and you, you, all you want to do is play football anyway. But mm. as you get older and you, you sort of appreciate the different things, don't you? You know, like uh, I've got my daughter and, you know, you go on holidays with the missus and, you know, things like that. Um, but 
it always sort of has a little part in the back of your head where you're thinking I'm getting so unfit here like, I was going to ask you that mate do you dread it yeah dread it absolutely dread it but um, I always sort of give myself two weeks where I just completely shut off and don't do anything um, let the body sort of rest and then sort of slowly start to to ramp it back up again um, which I'm in the middle of doing now which you know there's some testing runs that we've been given and um, you know gym programs but no it's, it's enjoyable as well so one thing I want to ask you is good is obviously when how many weeks into pre-season are we now would you say depends on different clubs a bit. so are you are you, cl- are you actually started pre-season now is that no so we go back uh, it was two weeks yesterday okay our first session so we'll go back and do a testing session but um, we had programs sent out sent out to us probably about two weeks ago so sort of four weeks leading up to it depends isn't it different clubs different circumstances but yeah um, but yeah I mean us specifically now we're sort of in the middle of a program so um, mm. yeah it's tough but again you know I think you I think you have to do it because um, the game sort of moved that way you know what I mean it's yeah. you know probably a few years back you could completely take your rest do a few runs mm. or something and, and uh, go back and you know pre-season's that makes you get fit basically but mm. now you've got players especially the younger ones that are sort of like hardly any rest and they're getting back in and they're you know they come back and they're athletes you know they've yeah, been in the gym yeah. all summer and it's like wait there a minute <laughs> mm, absolutely <laughs> but uh but no um so we're going to take it back to young gudge uh, <laughs> yeah not old i'm not <laughs> his experience i am isn't it? And uh, oh, Jungers could be back to I don't know, ten years old. Yeah, very true. Never know. <laughs> very true. So, where did football all start for you? Where was your memories, first memories of football, club, uh, that sort of thing? Yeah, it was. Um, I remember playing with a family friend, and uh, his dad ran a football team, and um, I started playing for them. And um, ever since then, I just loved it and. You know, constantly kicking the ball. Uh, my old man used to have me out kicking the ball, very young age, and it just sort of, you know, went from there really, and just couldn't get enough of it. And then into sort of like school teams and stuff, and then playing with more of your friends. And you know, obviously being in football, you, you generate a lot of relationships with, yeah, with people. Yeah. And mm. all of a sudden, you know, you've got this sort of like, you know, umbrella of friends and family and whatever, and you're really enjoying your football, and it, it was great. Um, and yeah, that was where it all started, really. Um, but it was almost that, you know, football, when I started playing, it was just about, you know, the six-a-side games and stuff like yeah. that, the five-a-side games. It was just like unbelievable, the tournaments you used to go to. Oh, They're the memories, the tournaments, aren't they? They're great. Don't, don't matter how many games you played, after every single game, you'd have an ice cream or a burger. <laughs> yeah. And then for your next game, you'd be absolutely fucked. Yeah. Sat there with goal a and goal. Yeah. Oh, mate, remember, <laughs> did you play the tournaments as well where... You, um, when it got to a certain stage, if it, when it got past the final whistle and it was a draw, they'd have to take a player off. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it was called. Lee's currently looking at me, thinking <laughs> I played football <laughs> when I was younger. I've never played football when I was younger, <laughs> really, to a certain level. Yeah, yeah. So, at, at what stage? <laughs> so I don't then, know, Lee. Yeah. So, at what stage then, Gudge? And I don't want to blow smoke up your backside here. Did, did you ever come to a point where you thought, right? I'm a lot better than the people around me here now. Surely I'm, you know, pushing on for somewhere. Because I, I take it that your first club was just a local, a local Sunday league team. Mm. When did it come to a stage where you pushed on and when you thought, right, okay, I'm playing against people that are 
around the same ability as me or if not better mm. I suppose it'd be more my um, my parents that sort of realised that before me um, just purely down to the base of like you know again going back to the small games and tournaments and stuff and I used to play Saturday and Sunday. I used to come back and like, you know, you scored seven on a Saturday and, and 10 on a Sunday. And yeah. then, you know, you get a little bit of recognition from, say, like, you know, a couple of scouts or whatever it is. And then it was my sort of parents. But obviously me being that young, I didn't really understand it all. But um, I suppose when uh, I went to Coventry, it probably, you know, that sort of moment there was like, right, OK, you know, maybe this is a little bit different. I was playing with better players and yeah. you sort of have that... Um, sort of you know kick up the backside if you like to say like mm. well you know now it's time to sort of take it a bit more serious mm. even though you're that young because the environment you're in um but yeah i mean it was probably that moment there when you just go into you know going to commentary every day or, how, how did that come about then mate how can you remember how, how all that happened with coventry yeah it was one of them tournaments um, yeah, oh, really? yeah 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 because i think that's a, a real sort of you know market for them scouts isn't Absolutely. it you know they turn up to them tournaments they've got every team in the world mm. there and they sort of have a look at everyone but um, yeah, it was that moment then. Um, I think it was them and Villa, I think, at the time. Uh, but I think I went with Coventry um, in the end just because of location-wise at the time. And uh, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. At the, time, at the first, I remember when my dad sort of told me, I, and at the time I didn't want to go um, because I was I was at that age where I was just enjoying it so much. What and, age was that? You know, uh, must have been about eight Okay, so yeah, I, was only, I was only young. It's yeah. young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that, at that point, you was like, I want to play football with my mates yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. And then mm. your dad's trying to say about... I'm not, sure what it's, I'm not sure what it is now, but at the time, they, they said you couldn't play for your school either. I think I've got a mate who's lads at Birmingham Academy. I think that comes in at like 10 or 11 years yeah, old, yeah. something like that. I had a tournament the other day. I had a tournament the other day with the school that I work with and we played against one school and we finished top of our group, playing against, it got into the quarterfinals, played against another local team in the area that we're in. And uh, I think they had two or three lads at Leicester, two at Birmingham. Yeah. Fair to say, they absolutely spanked us off the park. Mm. But that was year five. Yeah, yeah. So mm. I think that the, it does come to a certain age and they do cut it off and say, listen, mm. no more football. Mm. Even little things like six aside and stuff, isn't it? You can't do it. Yeah. You, no. you cannot do it. I can remember, yeah. It's... Uh, that was a that was a big sort of like what like because especially when you go into school and like that bow goes at the end of school and you know all your mates run off to go and get changed because they've got an after school game or whatever it is on yeah. the field and you can't play and it's yeah that was a hard bit but then as as the sort of couple of years went on you sort of you know you, you sort of understand that now and you sort of try and kick on with your game. Working in that youth system because I was at Leicester for a little while and um, so now you've got a shadow you've got an elite and then you've got the academy <clears throat> excuse me so when you were brought into the youth system at Coventry was it just smack bang straight in the academy or did you have to go through a process a trial or were you just straight in with the academy team training how yeah. many times a week or whatnot? Mm, yeah it was a uh... It was a trial, um, yeah. you know, you got taken in for a, a couple of weeks or whatever and then they would sort of decide whether to keep you on or not. Mm. Um, but again, I, you know, I vaguely remember them, them times. Um, but, 
you know, as you sort of know when you when you you sign because you get that much clubber, don't you? Really? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, even at that age, like all the gear. Oh, did, did you physically incredible. have to sign a contract? Yeah, but it was more of an agreement type thing, and you know, um, because they, you know, insurance wise, I suppose, and all that type of stuff, and yeah. If you was to get a bad injury, they'd you know sort of surgery wise and whatever. I think it was more that long the, uh, them lines, but um, they yeah. released from school as well, or or were you? No, no, it was all sort of evening stuff. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At okay. the time, it's changed um, a lot now. Then yeah, it's changed yeah. a hell of a lot now. Yeah, yeah. So when you sort of went through the academy and and you got to maybe like I don't know, the under sixteens or under eighteens. That, you got to the under 18s, didn't you? Uh, no, it was, it was around, uh, I think it was around 16s, I think. 16s. 15, 16s. But the club at the time, um, I'll be honest, wasn't, Coventry City at the time, wasn't in a very good place. Yeah. And that was just unfortunate being at the club at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically said, look, um, we can't offer anybody scholarships. Oh, right, okay. um, so there was literally you know budget wise and stuff like that they just couldn't do it at the time and they they, they asked everybody look if you if you can stay stay but we understand if you want to go and you know take a different avenue or whatnot um, so I decided that I wanted to do that I wanted to go and you know down a different avenue and I think it was more along the lines of again that I've missed that massive period of playing with my friends yeah, and that that probably had a big impact, sort of, on, on like that decision. Mm. Um, and I think when when you do leave a club like Coventry at the time, there was again, you know, you might know a bit more, but they uh, they put you on like a database for other clubs. Mm. Right, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, this is what I wanted to ask you. So, when you left Coventry, I know now again comparing, you know, how many years back from when you got released to now. Kids that get released now, and me and you spoke about it just before the pod, just before we started, um, they get offered some form of little security blanket, if it is, for mm. their mental health, uh, that database where, it, you know, their name goes out on two other clubs and mm. whatnot. Were you offered anything at all? No, not not like a care package or anything like that. No. Um, I mean, mental health and all that side of it is probably, you know, um, playing a massive part now in football, isn't it? Um, yeah. But back when you know I was getting sort of uh, released from the club or whatnot or deciding to leave it was it was very much like you know wish you all the best type thing and mm. it was uh, it was a big moment because uh, obviously you've been there for such a long time yeah um, and you know and ultimately you're still a kid you yeah. know you, start, you know 15 16 you're still a you're still a real young kid um, but all they did is put you on a database and sent you on your way so that was that was uh, that was the norm back then and can you remember that feeling what was it like when you got initially released yeah I mean uh, I, can, I can remember it um, and it was sad but again because I was so young I was more disappointed in the fact that I wasn't going to see any of my pals that I've been playing football with for you Absolutely. know you know, so many years now mm-hmm. um, seven eight years um, but you know you, you have that initial contact with them over the, over the next few months where oh, how are you doing what not but then yeah. you know that dwindles out and you, know, you don't really speak to anyone um, but yeah it was it was a tough period um but it's football. It is football. As, as hard as it is for, for people coming out of academies and stuff like that, it, it genuinely is football. And, you know, on percentages and stuff like that, it's, it's very difficult now to be at that top level, isn't it? And I'm sure as well that some of them boys that you did have relationships with over that time period at Coventry pushed on. And yeah. You, or, or that you still stay in contact with now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really stay in contact with them, but... 
definitely some of the lads that um, I played with went on to do very well. Uh, Go on, drop some Callum names. Wilson. Callum really? Wilson, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, Cyrus Christie. Yeah. yeah. Um, having a great career. Um, Gail Bigger Romana, I remember him. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I know yeah, Gail. Yeah, he was well, in Cov, yeah. 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 He, I was quite close with him. Um, there was a few more. You can help us out there, I think, can't you? I don't know, yeah. You can help us out yeah. there, massively. Help us out with him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's I, yeah I sort of know that. Because that's the sort of time when I was sort of supporting Cov as that, mm. that era of players, Callum Wilson. Yeah. Um, Cyrus so Christie coming through. It was there like Jordan Clark as well. Yeah, yeah. Was there, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nathan Cameron. Yeah, yeah, Nathan yeah. Ca- yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's so many. Yeah, so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They've, they've done really well. Um, and again, I think uh, quite a few of them were a year older than us. Um, but we tend to sort of merge age groups a little bit with us and one year older. So Callum Wilson was a year older. Nathan um, Cameron was a year older. Um, there's a couple more that were a year old as well and we sort of trained together quite a lot but ultimately their uh, their negotiations in terms of um, you know getting a contract or whatever they come a year earlier mm. so whether that made a difference I don't know but so were you with the Kelly Evans brothers as well? I wasn't no no, no. they must have been yeah. either yeah. a year older or young no, probably a year younger I would have thought maybe mm. um, so do you feel with the experience you have when young players are released from clubs with your experience that you can offer that support now as well I know it's skipped a bit of a probably a topic but the experience you have of that being released at, at, at an academy level say like at your time at Solihull or Brackley when players come in young players did you feel you had that support to give younger players or even just people you know in general uh, yeah I suppose so yeah um, I mean it's a little bit different sort of you know if you if you sort of part ways with a with a national league team or you know a non-league team rather than you know um at the time covering the prem i think and they part ways you have to have been there for so many years you've been treated unbelievable you know you're, you're at the age of say like you know 11 and 12 and you've got everything given to you on a mm. plate you know like meals uh you know on your coaches going away all the track suits all the training gear like five of everything and um I think that's a little bit different uh, to the to the non-league side of it when you see young lads come in. But I, I get it. It still has a massive influence on people's career and there should be probably a little bit of a, like you say, a care package put together for, for these guys that are, um, you know, being released from clubs. Um, but ultimately, I think there's probably a good way to do it as well, yeah. if, you know, from Absolutely. a club's perspective rather yeah. than, you know, treating players, you know, for what it is it's ultimately for clubs now it's a business um, yeah. you know and some I was chatting to someone the other day actually um, and they do a lot of work at, uh, at Chelsea and there's a keeper there that's five five foot something like that at the age of like 16, 17 um, and he's facilitating the outfield players because he's unbelievable with his feet oh, right. but he's never going to be a keeper because he's five foot right um, but he's facilitating the other players because that's the way the football is now. They want to play the game and they want to play out from the back and Absolutely. whatever. So again, like I think I hear things like that, and I, I kind of just obviously feel sorry for yeah. you know the lad, and, and you know I hope that's not true. But you know that was the conversation. I'd now, if they uh, if they if they do get released, I'd like to think that now there's there's a there's a lot more in place for these players to be able to um, take the impact a little bit 
you know, softer than what it was a few years back. Absolutely. Yeah. So pushing on then into your career. So we've got down next club in Eaton Borough. Yeah. Mm. How did that come about? Um, so I went into the youth uh, set up at Nuneaton Borough uh, at the age of 16 um, and there was a couple of us that earned contracts to go into the first team at the time <laughs> with uh, Kev Wilkin um, and we were in the Conference North at the time it was yeah. and, uh, which was great because at that point there I had uh, I think it was a season or so with my friends get, again so who, who were you with, Gudge? Who were you with? What players? Your friends? So there was like Tom Stringer, yeah. uh, Adam Sullivan, Ryan Aston, nice, Brendan yeah. Ford. All good lads as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a real good... Um, Dave Stringer was a manager with uh, Glenn Sullivan, which is Adam Sullivan's dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like that was the side of it that I missed. So when I would come back out of the commentary, sort of went, went, done that again for a year. Felt like you got it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Felt like I did it and got out of my system again. Um, and then sort of uh, that needs an opportunity to come around for the youth team so I ended up going into that um, really enjoyed it um, and I think that at that point then I was thinking right there I want to kick on again and I sort of got like, my mojo back a little bit for yeah. it um, and then we trained for that season two of us I think out of the group got offered a contract with the first team at Nuneaton so that was great um, went on to to sign for the first mm. team at the Neaton. So, so what, what, sorry, what, what age was that then? Was that, would that have been like 16? 16, 17, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, so still quite young to be in first team. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. The club like the Neaton in Conference North, that's a mm. big step mm. really, mm. isn't it? Mm. So, so we all, well, I know you as a centre-half, Gudge, were you, <clears throat> was, is that what you were all through? Youth as well and going into the Neaton or... I no, I was I played left back for for quite a while yeah. until I got to probably the point at seventeen um, when I had a real growth spurt. Um, I sort of went into like six foot, and that was like right, okay, mm. <laughs> he's getting slower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move him across. <laughs> um, so, yeah. how was it adapting then, mate? From coming from that youth football that you'd been in with Coventry, and then coming into the first team at Nuneaton how did you find that physically and mentally stepping from that youth football into first team football mm. with men mm. how was that it was different um, massively different because all of a sudden you're in a game where it's serious you know people um, it's people lively to go and get three points and that's probably what not you know I was tuned up to to do at Coventry it was more of the development side yeah, yeah. you could go away to Arsenal lose 5-1 and you know it's Ethics. not even frowned upon you yeah, know right. and then next week you, you, uh, sorry your next training session everyone's got a smile on the face when it was obviously completely different in uh, going back to uh, the, the men's football with Nuneaton at Conference North level where three points is absolutely what they what they wanted each game um, so that was a lot different uh, but again, it probably gave you a little bit more of a, a wake-up call to say, "All right, this is this is you know this is the real stuff, and this is what you either sink or swim type thing." Absolutely, and mate. Especially at that age, and there were some massive characters in that dressing room, like huge characters. Um, you know, you got your prime, like sort of like ages of like Carl Storer and uh, Guy Adland, 
um, Danny Allcock, Gaz Dean, Jimmy Armson. Um, mm. It was a really lively dressing room. Probably, probably one of the liveliest I've been in. It, yeah. Yeah, it seemed wow. to have happened when I was yeah, 16, yeah. 17. Yeah. Well, the dressing room with Guy Abland is, oh, is definitely a lively yeah, dressing yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a lively, yeah. So, lively yeah. character, isn't he? You, you've sort of, you've sort of gone over onto the next question there as well. Sorry, Lee. no, it's fine. It's absolutely fine, mate. <laughs> so. One thing that I was going to ask you is, is did experienced players as you coming in as a young youth lad into an Eaton Borough, do you feel like you gained a lot from them? Do you feel like, you know, they helped you out a lot when you were coming into that team as a youth player? Yeah, yeah, definitely helped me out a lot. Um, on the same front, absolutely hammered me. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> summit house. Um, but again... <laughs> I look back on them experiences now and it paid off. It, you know, it's paid in dividends like yeah. massively because you sort of form yourself into a character yourself now where, you know, all them experiences at the age of 30 sort of, you know, can play a massive part um, and put a bit of a barrier in front of anything that's trying to stop you from you know, doing your best, really. Nice. So uh, <clears throat> how was Kev Wilkin as a manager? Build a good relationship? Yeah, he was really good, Wilkin. Um, really, really good. Um, obviously, Adam at Nuneaton and uh, also at Brackley. But at Nuneaton, when I was younger, he was great. Um, I mean, that season alone was a great experience for me. Um, but it was also sort of like topped off with like, you know, getting promoted. Um, mm. So it was Good and bad in a sense because I was 17 uh, and trying to sort of play games when ultimately they got promoted. So that tells you one thing that they were winning a lot of games. Yeah. You know? yeah. They were winning a hell of a lot of games and the, the team morale was firing and there was good people there. There was good players there. And for a young lad, it's good to learn and sit back and learn. But at the same time, there's that playing, fire yeah. in your belly where yeah. you want to play. Yeah. You want to play. Who were the back four at the time, Gutch? Can you remember? Uh Simon Forsdick, yeah. um, Gaz Dean, uh, Guy Adland, and right back. Can't tell you the right back. No. No, I can't remember the right back, no. no. So, so when, when you pushed on then into that season where Nineteen got promoted, obviously, is that the point then that they sent you out on loan? Is that what it was? Yeah. And that was to Bedworth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to Bedworth for a couple of, I think it was like a month or something like that. Yeah. Um, get some games or whatnot. Um, which I enjoyed it there to be fair mm. um, but again it was you know that they'd have had a good squad at the time really? a very good squad yeah 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 so I sort of went there as a young kid and sort of like half dipped my toe in and it didn't quite work so then you end up going back to the neat and your parent club which you know I was fine with yeah 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 nice is that, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, you're not talking a lot of money at all. You know, it was just a contract that was, uh, you know, Kev Wilkin said, look, I'd like to stay on. Ultimately, for me, you know, if I wanted to, status-wise, I could sit there maybe on the bench in the National yeah. League at the age of 17 and go, you know, wow, yeah, like yeah. type thing. Um, but what was a factor in it was like, you know, my parents and stuff was, you know, well, look, you need to go and get games like... It's no good you sitting there. If I'm not going to play in the Conference North, I'm definitely not going to play in the you know National League at the time. Um, so decided to sort of you know not take that opportunity and uh, and try and go and play my football somewhere else, um, which then went on to Rugby Town. But that's yeah. quite that's quite mature though for, for someone at 17 year old. Yeah. Say actually, hold on. Yeah, I could sit here on the bench for a National League club, but I ain't going to play. I want to play games. I got mm. that fire in my belly. Mm. I need to get my boots dirty I need to gain mm. experience so I'm going to move on that's 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 fair play and that must have took some some guts to do that as well and 
Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And, and again, I think when you're that age, you, you're relying on a bit of guidance from people around you, aren't you, as well? Yeah. Um, and, and sort of somebody to sort of lean on you and say, look, you know, maybe it's probably not the right thing to do or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, looking back now, obviously, great, you know, great decision, mm. yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you feel like you made the right decision? And obviously, by the way that you've been talking, you obviously did. And, and, and you know, you, you probably wouldn't be the player that you are today mm. if you wouldn't have made that move. Mm. Uh, and just to touch on that a little bit more, I know a lot of people like you said, Cookie, that would gladly sit on a bench. Oh, yeah, Get yeah. a little bit of money, um, get a little bit of game time maybe in the cups now and again, or, you know, uh, stick it at a club, go out on loan, come back, go out on another loan. So kudos to you, Gooch, that's what I say. So obviously mm. pushing on to the next bit then, you obviously said Rugby Town. And you, and you were there for quite a while, weren't you, mate? Mm. Yeah, yeah. How was that at rugby then? I loved rugby. Um, I loved it. I loved my time there. Uh, at the time, we had, a, again, another fantastic team. Um, you know, Sam Boucher, yeah. Robbie Banks, William Grocott, Seb Light Gaskin. Like, I know Seb some, very well. Some, lad. Yeah, yeah, some good player. What a player he was. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fizzled out for him, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. He was at West Brom, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, Seb yeah, was. Yeah. Top, like, I used to work with Seb. He's an absolute... What he could do with the ball was absolutely magical. <sighs> He was feet were frightening, yeah. weren't they? Unbelievable, absolutely frightening. Used to, the ball used to come to him on the halfway line, and there's not many players you can say receive the ball on the halfway line. You think he's going to score? And, you <laughs> know, he, he was that sort of player that could just set a game alight with a click of his fingers, and he did it on a consistent basis for a couple of seasons at least. Um, but Seb, Seb, everyone that knows Seb knows that he's uh, yeah. he's a laid back, isn't <laughs> he? He loves a laugh. He yeah. loves to, you know. Um, and you know fair play to him you know he, he is what he is and you know maybe if he looks back he'd probably say yeah I probably could have done more but I don't know if you follow him on social media but he posted some at the other day I, don't, I think he was in a West Brom kit 100% and he sent this lad for a hot dog about three times it must have been <laughs> like a I mean he, he's not at an age where he's at over 35s I know he's not but it looked like it was some form of charity game or a staff game or something like that and like I said, mate, he's dropped the shoulder about five times, yeah. popped it through this lag's legs, and I just thought, you could still fucking do a bit, mate. Yeah, get yourself yeah. fit. Yeah. I, know, I don't know if he struggles injury-wise, but mm, mm. He, he could easily still do mm. a bit massively. Yeah. So, <clears throat> at your time of rugby, you missed out on two promotions, didn't you? Is yeah. that you're losing in the playoff finals? Mm-hmm. Um, first one to Biggles Wade, mm-hmm. and then the second one to Slough Town? Yeah. So, how did, so is that frustrating? That Very you missed out. Yeah. Do you remember him, Gudge? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. It was tough to take, yeah. Um, just just because of the the nature of, um, obviously, playoffs uh, and being young and, at the time, playing with, like, I mean, we should have won the league, let alone, you know, finishing playoffs. And looking back on that squad, we had a fantastic team and squad. But if we're being honest, we wasn't professional enough. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I understand it was part-time and at a certain level of football and whatever, but with the players that we had at that time, we should have, we should have romped the league. Um, And there was times sort of in training on a Tuesday and Thursday where we wouldn't get the right numbers to even put a decent training session on. But then we'd turn up on a Saturday and win 4-0. So it was like... You know, I mean, you've got the manager sort of going, well, look, I can't. Yeah. yeah. I looked in that league and, I mean, there were some tough teams in that league. Mm. And some, some teams that have pushed on now, a couple that have dropped off. 
which will, will lead us on to our next point in a little bit. But that was a fucking tough league, mate. Mm, there was, was a lot of teams in that league and there were some big names in it as yeah, well. Yeah. But, but like Cookie said, two, um, two seasons, two potential promotions in the playoffs. And one thing that obviously you mentioned earlier, which um, I didn't know obviously, you obviously experienced the promotion with Nuneaton. Mm. So would you say that stepping up then from the, or stepping down sorry from the knee into rugby and you were in that sort of promotion era could you sort of I don't know recognise what was going on how were your feelings at the time in them sort of playoff times and what was going through your mind mm. when you know you turned up on that I take it it was on a Saturday and you were in them promotion games mm. do you think that people look to you a lot or uh, yeah I mean um Potentially, like you know, one of the one of the leaders at an early age at rugby, definitely. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I was captain there for a for a while um, alongside Robbie Banks, and um, it was again a, a fantastic dressing room. And I think, looking back, the only thing that I can sort of point my finger at is that professionalism side where we didn't we didn't do things right. Um, and now, like you know, that that could. That's that's ultimately cost us promotion because mm. if we did do things right and we we trained harder and whatnot, we probably would have just won the league rather than you know you enter the playoffs. It's an absolute lottery. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Anybody can beat anyone, regardless whether you've been unbelievable all season or not. And that was that was their moments. Was it one game back then, Gudge, or was it over two games the playoffs? Uh, the final uh, before that. So when you were because obviously you came. Where did you finish on that first and second season? Can you remember? Uh, no, it was like second. Was yeah, it? Second, so you were automatically into the yeah, final? Yeah, you were automatically in, yeah. yeah. So there, there wasn't one season when you were at rugby where you had to first go through playing like quarter yeah, like a quarter. No, no, no. Oh, straight through to both? <clears throat> yeah. Fair play, mate. Fair yeah. play. We missed, we missed out, um, you know, marginally. It was... Football, like you know, it's, it's, it's tough, isn't it, to take at times. Yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of... Uh, you know, um, Grimsby, you know, yeah. the yeah. beat us uh, in the player final. Yeah. The way they finished, the way we finished. And mm. again, it's, it's, it's horrible to take. Mm. But. Absolutely. So it's fair to say you played a lot of games for rugby. We've got 111 appearances. Yeah. Um, enjoy your time at the club then? Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, again, fantastic manager, fantastic group of players. The fans were brilliant. Um, it definitely served me right for what I wanted after leaving the Neaton. Um, I wanted to enjoy my football. I wanted to play every game. I wanted to have a real impact and ultimately I wanted to be competitive in the division and we did all of that. Yeah, ticked all the boxes yeah. and you got, like you said, the experience to again push on again through, through your career sort of thing, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Like I say, the ice on the cake would have been promotion with them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Mo- moving on then, mate. Worcester City. Mm. Step up. Yeah, Conference North yeah. Um, at the time. Yeah, they were uh, a real sort of, you know, big club. Um, yeah. We ground shared with Kiddy um, at Agbra and they were they were signing some good players and I spoke to um, Matt Garner at the time who was sort of joint manager with Carl Healy and he, he sort of sold it to me very well and uh, I, I just wanted to go. You know, I just wanted to sort of go and challenge myself at that point. I'd done, you know, enough time and got enough appearances under my belt to think mm. right let's let's go now yeah um so yeah Worcester was great loved it 
Just, just the one season there, though. Sorry, yeah. Cookie. Just the one season, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which we had a good, we had a good season. Um, you know, some some great players again. And that was, a, I went to Worcester the year after they uh, they beat Coventry, didn't they, in the FA Cup? Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was watching that game at the Rico, thinking I had no idea that I was going to go to Worcester the next mm. year. Like it's kind of weird when you look back. Did um, was that tough though to leave rugby? After the, after the back of the season you had though to go to Worcester or were you like I'm, I'm, I think you did touch on earlier but I'm doing it rugby sort of I've done what I need to do Worcester's a step, a step up it's only natural to do that mm. was it quite an easy decision mm. to go to Worcester then? Mm. Yeah because I think um, after the second season at rugby I wanted to sort of um, I had a, a couple of opportunities to, to go then um, but I gave it one more year um, so I think that final season, I always sort of knew in the back of my head that right, this is my, this is my last year here, and I want to I want to sort of try and go and go and kick on at a, a bit a bit of a better level, really. Mm. So you played thirty seven games that season mm. for Worcester. Do you think that again, reverting back to your previous clubs and and jumping up that ladder of football in the steps? Do you think that then previous clubs helped you out to succeed at Worcester? Definitely, definitely. I mean, first and foremost, if I wouldn't have played 111 games for rugby, Worcester wouldn't even rang me. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. that's how important games of football are. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you're not playing, you're not getting a phone call. Yeah. You know, it's simple as that. Um, and that's probably what you know, younger lads out there now need to really take into consideration that like, I think your destiny in football will always be where it belongs. Mm. Um, if you you know don't have any sort of you know doubts about dropping down a division to play games because if you if you drop down a division to play games and you go and play well you're going to go straight back up exactly mate you know it's it's not it's not exactly. an issue and you've at the age of you know 19 20 even 21 22 you still got you know loads of time, yeah, loads game of time to, yeah. to go and prove yourself and and whatnot yeah. but i think that's a really important message what you've just said there, is mate. that don't be afraid to drop down to play games and because if you, you do the right things, you play the right amount of games, you've definitely got a chance of going straight back up to where you want to be, 100%. And I yeah, think yeah. I think a lot of players could probably take that into consideration. Mm. So you played with the legend Lee Hughes, is that right? Yeah, yeah. What was that oh, like? Lord. Yeah. Wow, yeah. What a guy he is. He's unbelievable. Um, on and off the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He's probably, he's probably the the best finisher I've seen in football no uh, well, yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. how old was he Gudge at the time when you were there 38 something like that really yeah yeah, yeah. still and kept himself in good nick and whatnot. yeah yeah I mean it, like, he didn't really sort of tend to look after himself too much because yeah. you know obviously likes a likes a drink and likes a beer or whatever but he was he, what, what, what a bloke he is like unbelievable like, great relationship with him um Went Magaluf with him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Had a great time. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he, he's he's brilliant. But again, you know, going back to that finishing stuff, like we used to, we used to do like finishing drills on at the end of a session or something. Yeah, and you'd have lads that are sort of like trying to take the lever off the ball and hit the back of the net and hit the top corner. He would just slide it slide them down the, down the sides of the keeper been there and done it any that's why yeah yeah yeah, yeah. played at the highest level Class. unbelievable and Class. so yeah. you, you your gaffer at that time as well was you spoke briefly Carl Healy mm. good relationship with Carl yeah yeah good yeah. guy enjoyed enjoyed his company um, he was alongside guards yeah um, 
yeah, we, we did well that year again. I think um, with the team that we we had there, there was good players and uh, good fan base. And I've been really fortunate, if I'm honest, to have sort of so many good changing rooms and so many yeah. good, you know, sort of um, massive part, mate. It's a yeah, huge part of football, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Then then moments in the changing rooms and your team nights out and all sorts of things like that. I mean, we didn't. I don't think we spoke about it enough last week with uh, Adam and Ross but some of them times that I had and I wasn't even a player we went abroad we had mm. team nights out meals uh, you get to know people more mm. and you get to know people on a personal level and you realise and you can sort of familiarise yourself with that person and think I actually enjoy playing football with you as well because you're such a good person mm. do you know what I mean? Exactly that yeah yeah I mean Kev Wilkin said something uh, to me like a while back um, and he said there's one thing having good people and there's one thing having good players if you can do both you know that's a winning formula right there mm. yeah. and it is and if you look at different teams and stuff you can get all the best players and they're mm. probably you know, some people don't do well and it's like why scratching their heads type thing why 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 I don't think it's really underestimated how important it is to have good people and that morale inside a dressing room because that can take your leaps and bounds in, its, in itself no, I agree. Um, and like Aviston, we had great such group, a, weren't it? Yeah, such, such a, a good, good group, group and, and there's no coincidence there, is it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, you, you touched on it again briefly that you ground shared. So when you're at Worcester, you ground shared with um, Kiddy. With Kiddy, mm. what was that like? Ground sharing and sort of not having a a home as such. Mm. Was that difficult, or was it not no, really in no, the back of the no, mind? No, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. If anything, it was. It was. Um, you know, sort of fairly looked forward to it because Agbra's like a fantastic stadium. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. Like changing rooms um, because we were in the Conference North. There in the National League, they was able to sort of sort the fixtures out. So, you know, we was at you know home. They were away. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was it was worked out like that. And like I say, you know, the, the home dressing room and stuff like that was really professional. Um, and the the pitch was brilliant. Yeah. So if anything, I think it was a it was a great you know experience to sort of to sort of play there week in week out. So then you sort of moved on to um, Brackley. So moved to Brackley Town with Kev Wilkin. Easy move. Uh, yeah. Um, at the time, it, it was. Uh, I think a lot of things come into sort of on decision there and that one of them was like um, there was a certain amount of players that were sort of exiting Worcester yeah. um, and again knowing Kev Wilkin from Nuneaton days yeah. um, his assistant was Mark Noon who yeah, again yeah. he was another sort of real role model and great player as well yeah fantastic was. player yeah. yeah real role model real professional um, and he was sort of, you know, obviously Wilkins' assistant. Um, Gaz Dean was at Brackley, captain. Again, James Armson and, mm. and, and so many, so many people that I know. That was just like, yeah, it just, it just felt right. And at the time, so, so, so was it in your mind then, Gudge? Because obviously Worcester and Brackley were in the same league um, mm. at that point, and Worcester actually finished above Brackley mm. in that season. That you know you then moved across so was that in the back of your mind at all or were you just thinking I need to move on 
um, you know, I recognise these people here or I, I can familiarise myself with these people, I know these people. Mm. Is that why you think you took the, the jump? Yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to make, you know, the right decision all the time in terms of, you know, like they finished higher or whatever. Mm. Um, but uh, I, it, there was no sort of, you know, like bridges burnt with Worcester at all. Like, you know, to see them do well was, was great. And mm. um, I just thought that the most competitive side that was being assembled was at Brackley. Yeah. Um, and I still think it was, you know, maybe the league positions, you know, argue that, but uh, I think it was just a, a case of me sort of making a decision and, and that's the decision I went with and uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it at all. No. I sort of, uh, I don't feel for Worcester now, but obviously we've been to Worcester this yeah, season yeah, yeah. and obviously they've yeah. took a, a bit no disrespect to him, but they took a bit of a plummet, mm. you know, um, step five now. But they're rebuilding. Mm. I mean, when we went to their setup, it was, well, I don't know if you've been there since, mate. No, I haven't. No. Oh, my God. It was absolutely unbelievable. I think they share with like the Worcester FA. So their clubhouse is like the Worcester FA office, I think. Right, okay. But yeah. like, it's, inc- it's, inc- it's all brand new. It's incredible. Nice. Like, and a nice 4G pitch as well, I think, and all sorts. So, yeah, they're obviously going in the right direction again. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's a bit, I mean, their fan base is incredible. Oh, massive, it was yeah. good, mate. And do you want to know what they had as well, Gudge? So, it's the ground is is on a slope. So at the top of this slope, they had this big, massive, lovely clubhouse. Hmm. It was a lot, like a multi-story building, weren't it? Yeah. It was huge. And for the fans that didn't want to come outside and watch the game, you know, in the flesh, they even had it built in on a TV screen, so you could have a pint, watch the game on a TV screen while it was going on. So, and at step five, like, I don't think <laughs> that you could... Do you know what I mean? It was, I, I wish them all the best I do because they were a good club. Yeah. And, you know, we, we had some good games against them and I know a couple of the lads that, that play or played for Worcester. Mm. So, you know, they also had... Um brilliant food after the game as well <laughs> it was good scrap honestly the scrum was, was class <laughs> you love the scrum after the game they had, honestly I remember every club for their scrum because it's uh, the best thing you look forward to after the game <laughs> but they had pizzas they had these lovely chocolate sh- uh, short caramel shortbread oh honestly food like, incredible honestly food like, incredible food so fair play to Worcester keep that up I'll be, uh, I'll be down again to uh <laughs> Have a cup of food. <laughs> Have a go on your shortbread. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, back to Brackley. You made the playoffs a number of times with Brackley, didn't you? Mm. Um, but you always missed out. And uh, how frustrating was that as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Seems to be a bit of a running thing mm, with uh, playoffs. With playoffs. Mm. It is. Still uh, now as well. Sorry to interrupt you, Gudge, but even while you've not been at the club, always up and around mm, that promotion mm, aren't they mm. always miss out they are they, they do always miss out and can you put a finger on what it is probably not um, I think that may have had an influence in why they sort of wanted to change Kevin um, mm. you know maybe they thought well I'm, you know I'm just suggesting yeah. I don't know whether it's right or what but um, maybe it's just the, the case if they thought we need to change something up or whatever to try and get over the line or what not I don't know but mm. um yeah, I mean, we lost away at Harrogate in the final. Big club now as well. Yeah, they've, you know, football league now, yeah. and uh, there was there was astroturf pitch, and you yeah. know, you go away to them pitches, and it's ultimately who plays them pitches better. I don't think that you know you can go on there and uh, play like you would at home. You got to adapt to that mm. plastic pitch, and I think it plays a massive part, and probably is a little bit advantage to people that do play on them. 
mm-hmm. um, to, to have a playoff final there especially you know everything's riding on it and yeah. it probably should be a neutral ground rather than a plastic pitch that they've played on all season you know what, what's your view on them good you a fan or not not really um, I don't mind the new the new ones now where you look at them and you think wow this is incredible and you, mm-hmm. you, know, you sort of plan it and the ball moves nice and you know you're running on it and it you know just feels quite natural but mm. I think there should be like a bit of a level of uh, a standard with them um, because like you got the likes like Dorking and Bromley who played on uh, last season yeah. oh my god like no good. terrible you know you just black crumbs oh, you can't really? even see the green pitch no way <laughs> yeah you wouldn't expect that from a National League no no no, no, taking, no. Him out, taking him out your boots at half time yeah, yeah. literally yeah well I um I come off dorking away, roll my ankle, right? Yeah. And usually, I, I, I didn't think it was that bad at the time. And I roll my ankle and I was running around, carried on for like 20 minutes. And I looked down and my ankle was the size of like a basketball. I was like, what is going on? Mm. And it was the fact that I've rolled my ankle and if you roll your ankle on a grass pitch, you know, you've got the soil, the grass, the sort of, sort of like cushion it. it, pro- it yeah. The impact probably isn't as hard mm. with that you, you know you roll your ankle and it's like a real impact on it and the, the swelling just went boom like you know and and I had to come off and I had a shower and whatever and just ice it it wasn't anything too bad but the swelling was quite aggressive and I was speaking to the guy that worked at Dorking and uh, he was saying oh yeah we've had three ACL injuries on this oh, this season and I said well you know is that down to the pitch you think and he said well most definitely like so I think they're looking into changing it and you know if not worst case just upgrade it yeah, you know I, I think there should be a standard with them it's mm. I think they just need to be maintained really mm. there should be you know, services and look, stuff look like that look at the one at Barwell mate it's unbelievable and I've, that's swept that's a nice one isn't it yeah, yeah. it's swept every day you've got, they've got one guy that literally looks after it mm. and, and they've got multiple teams playing on there as well you've got Barwell Hinkley you've probably got some younger teams that are playing on there as well yeah. some under 21s mm. under 18s I think you bang on right there has to be a standard and you've got to look after it mm. I think well if you if you look at the uh, the, the aspect from the club it, it's it's great because it's probably a bit of a money spinner isn't it you know yeah. with like being able to operate all year round yeah. you know 12 hours a day six aside leagues yeah everything yeah. goes you know whatever which is fantastic for, for non-league clubs and mm. Clubs that need to probably generate that money, and mm. I understand it. Um, but again, you know, it wouldn't hurt to have that little bit of standard involved with them as well. Mm. So, moving on, then, mate, I'm going to ask you a question now that I think a lot of the listeners are going to want me to ask. Let's talk about Wembley lifting mm. the FA trophy. So, how was that for you, mate? Yeah, class, like probably the highlight, you know, of my career, really. Um, to do it with that group of players as well like you know obviously lost out in the playoff final that year and we had the FA Trophy um, it was probably what a week or so after mm. so it was almost that little bit more of burning desire to, to not lose out on two opportunities and uh, yeah it, obviously we, we very nearly did lose out but um, Gazdine's still claiming that goal I don't really? know I believe him <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, I mean I've watched the game Obviously, I'm very close with Jimmy as well, yeah. and he, he shows me the videos and whatnot all the time. Was Can you remember the, the build-up to it, Gudge? So, yeah. the teams that you played prior and, 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 you know, was it? would you say it was necessarily hard or how many games it was to actually get to that trophy final? Mm, I can't remember how many it was. Um, I remember the semi-final was two legs. Who was uh, that against? Worldstone. And they were... 
they National were, League? They were Conference South. Were they? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we played them two legs, yeah. I scored in the one at home at Brackley and yeah. then we went away and I think we beat them like 3-0 away. Mm. So it was quite, uh, it wasn't comfortable, but towards the end of the game, you're sort of thinking, wait there, we're going to Wembley here and you know, we're 3-0 up and there's, there's 10 minutes to go. Um, yeah, and that point there, you think, right, yeah, we've, we're there. And that build-up was unbelievable, yeah. So you were, you were in the Conference North at the time, weren't you? Yeah. So when you're playing against teams like Weldston then, who are not in your league, mm. is it sort of like going into the unknown? Have you got to still do your research on who you're potentially marking and whatnot, even at that level of football? Of course, yeah, 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 really? yeah. Um, and obviously you're heavily reliant on your your manager, you know, and your, your assistant manager and your coaches to try and guide you in that direction, I suppose. And um, I've always been sort of one myself to, to try and sort of do my own sort of bit of research mm. if I come across sort of a, a team that I've not, familiar with and, and whatnot mm. just to have a little scope and um, see what names are sort of you know at that club and where they've been and um, but yeah I mean especially at part time football you like you know you've got a small sort of opportunity to sort of operate with your Tuesdays and Thursday nights and mm. you, you know you, and you're back into back into your games I'm just going to go back to Wembley because I <laughs> so mean it's, it's, there's so much we can talk about it yeah there? definitely I mean so much just from a, a personal and and that moment when you knew you were going to Wembley, how did that feel? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, and knowing that your family were going to be there, yeah. your friends and gracing the turf of Wembley. Mm. I mean, like we're sitting here screwing, mate, because we were nearly, yeah, we were nearly, we were nearly there. there with know, Aston. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think that we just want to get the you info want, yeah, on it. Do you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's a shame, is it? But no, I mean, it was great. Um, like you say, for friends, for family, um, you know, I still speak to people now that have sort of going like, oh, I'll never forget that day. I'll yeah. never forget that day. That's what it's mm. about as well, isn't that it? That is like, what it's about, ultimately. Like, pff, I like, imagine you did it all properly as well. Did you stay up there the night before? Or? Yeah, so we actually, um, we actually trained at Arsenal's training ground. Um, really? Yeah, the day before, because Wembley um, sort of echoes Arsenal's facilities okay. it's the same okay. sort of groundsman yeah. and that type yeah. of stuff um, and I support Arsenal so nice. it was it was unbelievable um, to sort of to go there and experience that and sort of like pinch yourself moment where you think wow like and I'm sort of looking around thinking am I going to bump into here like what players are about <laughs> but there, were, there weren't any players there and uh, no that, that was brilliant like you say we stayed over we had the full sort of like suit fitting before we went yeah class um, top hotel yeah, and doing then it, obviously... Doing it properly because... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you in bed early that night, Good. Yeah. But you could well, well, I was rooming with Jimmy Armson. <laughs> Probably so, not then. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's snoring. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, a what a lad Jimmy Armson is, by the way. We've got to give him a little mention. <laughs> You're getting him on? He's, he's, uh, we, we've had a conversation. Yeah. We've had a conversation. We've had a conversation. <laughs> I was, was going to say, though, because you, you played with some great players in that team. Gaz Dean, mm. Jimmy Armson, Shane Byrne... Andy Brown. Yeah, yeah. Theo Street. Yeah. yeah. You know, that... Some good players. Real good when players. When you look at the team, you go, fuck me, there's some class players there, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, again, you know, going back to the situation when, like, sort of moving from Worcester to Brackley, like, I suppose a lot of, a lot of players um, will look at their potential moves on themselves and it's like, how much money am I going to get? Mm. Um where lo where's the location of it mm. and such and such but I think looking at it a little bit m more on the aspect of who else are you recruiting 
and are they winning as well? Because ultimately, if you go and get eight good players or ten good players, I'm on board because uh, that that means to me that we're going to have a right good go. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I think it that was probably you know again going back to that list you've just said there. Like you know you're looking at players that are at the football club and you just know that you you're gonna you're gonna be competitive and you're gonna go and you you, you know try and, and yeah, win the win league and you know get promoted and ultimately we end up winning the FA trophy which was just a pinnacle yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you a big question here Gudge how do you think you played that game mm. not great really yeah not great I think it just went so fast um, there was probably nerves that played a part um, and I think it was like I mean they they scored quite early on mm. so it was a game of sort of like us trying to get a goal back and we had a couple of real good opportunities mm. and we just weren't going in and ultimately my head's like thinking this ain't us today is it like you know and you get them doubts and whatever mm. and then uh, you just need that that moment and luckily for us you know for us it, it came right at the at the end mm. I think that probably would have been the last kick of the game before yeah. he blew his whistle so it was probably just meant to be, um, you know, to go into extra time and uh, and then to, to keep the score level and then to go into penalties. And then there's, there's no better guy to take the, the winning pen than Andy, Andy Brown, Brown. The, the yeah. coolest guy ever. Oh. <laughs> and I've, I've, like I said, I've watched that a couple of times now. Yeah. And the way, the way he strikes the ball... I mean, I know this isn't correct, but it doesn't look like he knows where he's going to no, go. No, no. Do probably, you know what I mean? Probably not. And no. he, he doesn't, in a sense, he doesn't look nervous, but it's so unorthodox mm. the way that he does mm. it. Mm. And I just think, you know, it, the pressure must have, must have been huge mm. at Wembley well, on he, that pitch, yeah. you know, in front of all of them fans. And Brackley took a fucking good following as well, yeah, by the way. Did. Let's talk about that. How are the fans? Wow, unbelievable! Really, unbelievable. Well, was quite fortunate as well that the um, the Vars was on before us. Yes. So I think majority of them stayed to watch that. Really? Yeah, yeah. So they ended up just staying. So obviously that the fans were like there was like oh, I can't remember off the top of my head now. I mean thirty six or something like that, a thousand. It was crazy. Can you imagine? Like, I'm sitting here now and I'm getting goosebumps and I'm thinking, like, I'm asking you these questions as a fan. Do you know what I mean? And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, like, how noisy was it? What, you know, I've got all these questions coming in my head, like, what was the pitch like, even though mm. the, the, the Vars had been on before you? What was immaculate. that like? Really? Immaculate. Yeah, you would never know. Fucking It just hell. goes to show how incredible them pitches are. And it is... Uh, the, the, the fans the, the fans like it's almost like yes you notice it you walk out on that pitch and like really? you know you have that initial wave to your family to your friends mm. um, maybe notice one or two other people and whatever but then as soon as you set up in your formation and the whistle goes it's just like you're just so focused on the game and it's, it's, it's the little things isn't it like I don't know if I mean I've never played at the, uh, at the level that you've played at but if my first touch in the game was okay I knew I was going to have an okay game. That initial first touch when the ball comes to me. If I don't give it away, I feel like I'm going to be all right for the rest of the game. Mm. So was there anything like that for you, that first aerial duel or that first tackle? Did, did you feel any of that in the game, that it had to be right or...? No, no, not, not really. Um, I think... I don't think we started great, you know, anyway. Um, 
so it was almost a case of don't concede but then we went when we conceded uh, but I think like the the game itself was a fast paced game like yeah. I remember it being fast and I was thinking like wow this is this is quick obviously everybody everybody's at, like up in their game 20% here to because they're at Wembley and mm. um, it wasn't like a normal and again you know got, got to remember that Bromley obviously they were in the National League league above yeah, yeah they were league above so they were full time um, and then you know you get later into the game and you're thinking well are these going to be fitter than us because mm. they're full time and we're going into extra time here Um but, sort of and it was so post. yeah and it was so hot like I remember yeah. being so hot and the sun and but your adrenaline just oh mate, of, mate it's a massive help isn't it and I yeah. think it's underrated yeah. when you're in them moments especially at Wembley fuck me do you yeah. know what I mean if you can't get up for that mm. then you might as well not get up in the morning yeah. do you know what I mean unbelievable yeah. so but, moving on from that then I was going to touch sorry Lee, I was yeah, going to say on, what was a night out like after? Oh, yeah, but I was wanting to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> was it yeah, back to the, Stay it, out no, in London. It? Yeah, went out in London. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Had a right tear up. Took yeah. the trophy everywhere with you. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. Yeah. But you see it now. I don't know if you've seen it. I followed a great thing on Twitter the other day. <laughs> Pissed up Jack Grealish. Oh, what class. a fucking time he's having, by the way. Yeah, Unbelievable. I love that, though. Oh, I love oh, it. I love it. He's a normal human being. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he likes it more than other players, but that's fine. Let yeah. him let him do it. It's it's him, isn't it? It's Jack from Birmingham, as they as they keep saying. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> good good night out then, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it started off like with initially sort of. Uh, we had like obviously loads of drink at the at the stadium. Um, I don't know this what we'd have done. With, Here we go. Yeah. This is what I, I don't know what we would have done with it if we didn't, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. if we didn't win. But um, we just got... end up getting this big crate, and I think a couple of us just ran straight into the dressing room. Obviously, the dressing room, mate, it's just it's so. Were you big. home or away, Gudge? Was it in home? Oh, yeah. Wow. So Fuck we you. ran into the dressing room with this like um, big cr- like crate that's on wheels with like crates of beer or like yeah. towered up boom through the through the double doors <laughs> the music's going off everybody's fucking naked <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable mate and oh, that mate. just that just started off yeah and then we ended up going out in London and yeah. take it the chairman looked after you that night as well yeah then. yeah we had a yeah. good go put it that way Fair Super. play gotta be done though isn't it mm. superb so you ain't got any more have you I can push on yeah you can push on, on that. okay yeah. so one thing that people may not know about you, Gudge, um, don't look worried, <laughs> is obviously the Jamie Vardy Academy. Mm. How did all that come about? And talk to us a little bit about that. So that was after that season, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so no, it was the it was the start of the. It was after the first year I was there. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I seen it. I seen it about, and uh, I didn't really think much of it. And then um, Shane Byrne, who I was playing at Brackley with, he was going on it. And uh, he asked, he had to go and sign some like sort of agreement to say he was going to go on it, and Brackley were okay with it and whatever, because mm. uh, ultimately Brackley was, you know, he was under contract or whatever. Uh, so he went to meet the guy, and the guy was sort of mentioning players and whatever, and and um, and he said, yeah, like you know, I, I like sort of Alex Goodger, and you know, would he be interested in t- that type of thing? And um, and I said, yeah. So we ended up sort of touching base and. Um, sort of you know that was the sort of approach with it and uh, me and Shane ended up driving up to, to Manchester to Man City's training ground and yeah it was five days I think we were there and it was incredible really mm. so we so you were up there for the four or five days you couldn't come back 
um, you know, it, it's sort of like a set five days. Yeah, yeah. We had like a, an itinerary of what was going to happen over the five days. Um, we were staying in like uh, <laughs> the academy block, right? which were like five-star hotel rooms, by the way. Really? Yeah. <laughs> when my, I walked out, like my balcony was sort of like overlooking... Um, all the training pitches. Was this at the where it's like that massive campus now in yeah, Atlantic yeah, yeah. with like the That's Etihad, it. not far from yeah, it. It's yeah, all like yeah, that, was it? Yeah. yeah. Literally, we stayed on that. Um, and the like I say, the academy block was just like five star hotels. And um, on one of the other blocks, obviously, all the first team have got their own rooms and stuff if they ever want to stay over. <laughs> so, really? yeah. so, what was it like day to day? Was it just like training? five days of the week was it technical or was it sort of game scenarios what, mm. what was it like yeah I mean we had um, it was basically like full time programme so we'd get up in the morning you'd go for breakfast yeah. um, and you would go back to your room you'd get changed then obviously they'd give you all the gear to for training and whatever mm. um, and then you'd go and train and then come back out and do lunch and then you'd have a gym session say and yeah there was just a full sort of program in place for you and then at the end of the week you sort of played um, played games and that's the point where all the uh, the scouts was able to sort of attend and have a look at potentially you know who's available and Hence, why it's the you know the Jamie Vardy Academy to give mm. that non-league yeah, aspect yeah. of the of the game yeah, a, a better shot. And to be fair, Vardy come come down to us and stuff when we were there and had a chat with us and wished us all the best and you know sort of talked about his journey a little bit and uh, had yeah. a journey as well. Yeah, incredible. had a journey, incredible. So when when I picture it and I, I don't know why this is in my head, I don't know if you two lads will remember because I think I'm a bit older than both of you. Um, like, can you remember the old Wayne Rooney skill school oh, where yeah. somebody gets yeah. voted off every week? <laughs> That's great. It, it, it weren't like that. I it remember was, that. That's there, class that was. It was class. So once you're there, mm. you're there, mm. you don't go home unless you've got a valid reason. No, no, no. And, yeah. and then what would happen? Would they pick individuals or would the scouts just come and, like you said, and pick players out then for their clubs or would there be a winner at the end of it or was it not like that? No, no, it was literally like the scouts was, would attend at the end of the week and then everyone would go home and anybody that was sort of within interest of the scouts or the football clubs would contact um, a, one of the guys who was working for the V9 Academy and I can't remember his name now but he was sort of point of contact mm. uh, and when we had a debrief after the week he said look anything that comes from this I'll be the one to call you yeah. blah de blah um, and you know thanks for everything I hope you've mm. enjoyed it any questions you've got this that and the other and, and it got left at that so um, you didn't receive any calls yeah, I had a couple like, and it's it like Scotland football. Really? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just didn't. Not for you. Didn't no. Didn't excite me. Didn't think you know, to to go down that avenue at the, at the time. Uh, but what <laughs> what was frustrating a little bit of a, a story was like the whole week got documented. I don't know if you watched it. It was a documentary. I do remember I there was I've a bit of documentary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was a documentary and. I think they only documented the first year. Yeah. Um, I know there was a couple of years after that, but the first one got documented anyway. So 
I'm sitting at home and I said to my mum at the time, living at my mum's, I said, make sure you record it because I want to obviously watch it. Mm. And uh, I recorded it and we got to the games at the end and we're playing games and stuff like this and the, the camera guy sort of goes into the crowd and whatever and he goes to this guy and he says, oh, look, how, how do you think, you know, the lads are doing this, that and the other and he said, yeah, he says, look, oh, you know, it's, it's a great standard of football. He says, look, do you, who do you, uh, you know, you got your eye on anyone? And he says, yeah, he says, look, I like that Alex Goodger. And uh, he said, and at the bottom then it comes up and it, and it said like Fleet, Fleetwood, like Scout. Oh, right. Obviously League One, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he says, I like that Alex Goodger. And uh, he says, but he's, um, he's 24 and uh, it's probably just a, a little bit too old for us. Fucking, not even at your prime there, Goodger. I'm at home on the sofa thinking, you joking me? <laughs> I've got 10 years left in me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, no, not uh, even at your prime now. Oh, my God. But, and, you know, there's there's two ways to look at it. And if that's their sort of modelling effect of how they want to approach it and if they want younger, they want younger, great. But also remember that we're on the Jamie Vardy Academy here where he didn't make it in yeah, pro yeah, until yeah. he was, you know, in his later years of his career. Right. So Absolutely. It was it was like, oh, you're joking. Because obviously, you know, 24 to go League One would have been incredible. Like, right? yeah. it, I think that's a bit of a, a good age to go League One, really. I think that's a perfect yeah, age. 24, like, yeah. you're still, still young. Not, still, at, like, your, not at your prime years. Plenty of room for improvement there, yeah. you know. But So uh, did you know of anyone that did? Get? I know too. Danny Newton, he got one, Yeah, yeah. And Alex Penny, was yes. it? Yes, yeah. yeah they were. Penny Stevenage, for... wasn't it, Newt's? Newts went Stevenage and Penny went Peterborough. Peterborough. Alex, did he have a stint at Nuneaton? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did, yeah. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought so. He's at uh, Kiddy now, yeah. Yeah, Is I remember it? them two. Yeah. Them two got offers, didn't they? Yeah, and That's yeah, how yeah, Danny yeah. Newton, yeah. story of him mm-hmm. leaving his job to go to Stevenage. Exactly, you know, yeah. They it? sort of promoted him as the sort of next Vardy type thing, didn't they? Um, I think Newts was um, heavily linked with a couple of clubs before going on that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, he, he was scoring goals. Oh, yeah, he was, he was, you know, he was, he was on fire at the time. He's a teammate this year, isn't he? Yeah. Right. Oh, what a guy. Yeah. Great player. Great yeah. player. Superb. So then, uh, I don't know if you want to push us on, Cookie, or... Yeah, let's, let's go on to the big one. Okay. Solly or Moore's good. 162 appearances, 16 goals. When you first came into the club, what a name, by the way. Tim Flowers. How was mm. that? Yeah. Uh, Talk to us a bit how that come about. Actually, yeah. How did, how did the the approach um, go about? Mm. You know, and all, and all that sort of that sort of was it a mm. transfer fee? Was it a free move? Was it? Yeah. How did it all sort of go about? Yeah. No. So I uh, I ended up obviously coming out of contract at Brackley um, at the time, and uh, I ended up having some sort of light conversations with Brackley again in regards to staying and stuff like that. Um, and in them conversations then I had Tim Flowers ringing me to say that you know he really wants to get me at Solly Moores um, you know he's just got the job um, uh, Gary Wilde was his assistant so he was he was sort of calling me as well um, and it was like a it was, that, that was probably a real tough um, decision um, but in my head I was thinking you know, uh, I'm 25, I think, at the time. I think I'm 25 now. I, I need to, you know, try and go and give this a go type thing. Mm. Um, so uh, I ended up, you know, deciding to go and I had a tough conversation with Wilkin and, you know, it was, it was, it was like a situation where 
you know, from my half, I half sort of said like, look, yeah, I want to stay type thing. And then this opportunity come around and I thought, you know, it's National League football. Yeah, yeah. I want to go and do it. Um, so I ended up going to do that and, you know, end up shaking hands with Wilkin and whatnot. And then, um, yeah, I was his first signing and uh, he's, he's a top top bloke you know outside of football and he's a top manager as well and I love my time playing with him mm. some of the managers that you've obviously played under as well Jimmy Shan mm. Mark Yates and then obviously still current manager to this day Neil Ardley so one thing that I wanted to ask you is Gudge that step into full-time football from part-time tell us what you had to sacrifice and how that was for you stepping into full time mm. yeah uh, it was at the time when I first went to Solihull it was three three mornings a week okay so my transition wasn't too bad because it was almost like you know I've gone from effectively Brackley two evenings a week then into Solihull Moors with three mornings a week and then the, I think it was the second season we went onto a full time program mm. um which sort of transitioned me really nicely. Yeah, that's quite a nice transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which was quite fortunate in that respect. So, um, but again, uh, you know, there was there was some real good players as well. That sort of like the national national league is is um, a place where you say, you know, if you like, you get your ex league players that are sort of thinking, well, yeah. you know, they're dropping down the levels and whatever. So you start to see some real sort of experienced pros on the pitch and how they're operating and what their mindsets all about and how professional the game actually is because mm. now you're entering you know like National League where you know it's as good as League 2 in my opinion like you know I know League 2 is League 2 but um, I think there's some massive clubs in the National League yeah massive. I, think you, I think you base your career a lot around professionalism don't you but from the, having the conversations that we've had you like things that are professional that, mm. that appeals to you mm. and I love that I think that's great you stepping up the, the, the steps the way that you have, it's had to have that feeling of where it feels professional. Mm, mm. Am I right yeah. in saying that? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, I think more than ever because it, it just, it, I know that it will pay off, you know, mm. like you can't, you can't cheat, can you? You know what I mean? You can't, you can't pull the wool over people's eyes. You know, you've got to sort of pull your weight and hoping that everyone pulls their weight and, um, Again, I think like when I went to Solihull, it was almost a case of, right, I need to go and push myself and I want to see what it's all about. Um, and at the time, I felt really good. You know, I was 25 and, mm. and I felt probably the best I felt. Um, so it was a great time for me to go and do it. Was it, when it did come to like full-time programme, did you enjoy that as well? Did you like, yeah, this is, this is what it's all about sort of thing? Yeah. Proper? Mm. Yeah. Well, when I first went to Solihull, it was um, still in a stage where, you know, it was very much um, like a part-time sort of environment where we were trying to piece things together. Mm. Um, you know, like it was three mornings a week, but, you know, we were we were in, we wasn't, we were sorting our own breakfast out and then we were going in, we were training and then they were trying, like we had like a, a physio there called Steve Hensel and uh, he he was incredible, you know, for the for the um, time he was there. He was like doing the physio job, he was doing the S&C, he was getting his missus to cook us all food. Wow. Um, and then the, 
the the training gear that we are down. We're in the national league, by the way, and we're still like sort of you know got lads turning up in different gear and really? yeah, because it was it was a tough sort of you know transition for the club I think at the time yeah. and then we're fortunate enough to have um, new owners come in yeah. um, and then you know they took it on leaps and bounds with um, with sort of uh, a brand new training ground and all that side of it yeah we wanted to touch on that didn't we because we've been to that training ground yeah so you shared with uh, it shared with Studley didn't it Thanks, uh, Studley who play in steps uh, five step five yeah mm. um Great, great facilities. Yeah, it's their training. It's their, their, they play there. Yeah, yeah. So I think what happened was it was their club, obviously, to start with, um, Studley Sports Centre. And initially, when we first went there, there was just Studley's first team pitch, yeah, yeah. and the rest of it around it was just greenery. It was just grass. Yeah. Um, and then when Solly or Moores agreed to take over, um, Studley had so many games they had to play there. Um, so they sort of said yes okay you're allowed to do that but ultimately Solly will want it want to have it uh, in mm. the long run so uh, we moved there and then one summer we sort of you know we've seen everything starting to happen and you know pitches getting pulled up um, big sort of um, containers being dropped off and you know tractors all over it and in the space of 12 months it was just something special and like, it's paid off 100% wow because yeah. what a setup that is over there by the way mm. unbelievable mm. so you did you, you struggle with some injuries at Solio mm. throughout your time was that through going into full time football do you think do you think that had a part to play or do you think it was just sort of um, the amount of games you were playing it, it could have been it's sort of like the million dollar question really what you know I, I'd love to know the answer to um, yeah, yeah. but you know it was the injury I had was cartilage so like the meniscus um, it's a little bastard isn't it yeah it's, it's, it's a horrible one um, and they sort of like I had surgery on it and stuff and I went back and you know I was still having little issues with it and stuff like that and it, it took a real long time to sort of get my head around that you know from a point of view where I'm not playing football when I want to play football and when you can't do your job and you're getting paid to do your job you know yeah. you're going in every day mm. and I got to the point where I was going every day and seeing if I can train or not because the physio would assess it and go yes or the physio would assess it and say no Right. so I'm like oh God, so you go in one day, no, you go in one day, yes. And it was such a roller coaster in terms of the, the rehab side of it and, and getting back to um getting back to playing. I think that so that your first season at, at the Moors, losing out in the playoffs again. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> How did you think you did in personally that season? did you feel like an established, you know? Uh, National League player now is that how it felt for you yeah yeah I'd, I'd say so yeah um, I'd probably say it's probably more, probably one of my best seasons at the Moors the first season uh, yeah. I think we uh, we had a real good squad which obviously made it easier for me um, but also you know Tim again Tim Flowers massive credit to him he got a real tune out of all of us mm. um, me individually and I'm sure other players that play underneath him will, will tell you the same but he had an influence on me where I looked at him and I wanted to I wanted to run for a brick wall for him yeah yeah that's fair play because you had another good um, that playoff you, you lost that to Grimsby weren't it yeah and that was a, no no was it no we um, 
we we end, we ended up in the first season we ended up uh, because when I first went there Solio Moors had like a they call it the great escape where they just survived Okay. so they just survived in the National League right. and then that was when they sort of brought a few players in yeah. and whatever so they went from the great escape all the way up to finishing second in the league Yeah. and uh, we lost out on the league to Lake Orient um, and they won the league yeah. and uh, yeah it was just, it, that was I a, didn't realise you were there when the great escape was on no I went Did the not. season after oh, yeah. oh okay so um, yeah it was uh, a real transition for the club as you can imagine that the thing can get, they think they're going to get relegated and all of a sudden to think wow Tim Flowers come in we've had new players and stuff come in and all of a sudden we're we're finishing second in the league and we're three three mornings a week trying yeah, to piece yeah. everything together ourselves throughout the week and just just you know that that buy-in from from a group of people had a, had a massive influence on the season yeah that's mad because one of the playoff games you you played at West Ham's ground didn't you yeah that was uh the season before last yeah how was that, that that's a Another top London stadium. Yeah. You played at some stadiums, ain't you, good mm. for me? Yeah, we've had some good run-ins, yeah. Yeah. That was a top stadium as well, yeah. Um, I think that was meant to be, obviously, at Wembley as well. Okay. Um, but for whatever reason, it wasn't. Which... It's a lot for you, mate. You've been there and done it, ain't you? Yeah, <laughs> which I was, I was quite pleased with because I thought, well, I'll get to tick another one off here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, that was like a, you know, that, that felt a bit more full than what Wembley did oh, okay. yeah yeah. I don't know whether it was because Grimsby's following was incredible they have some fan yeah, base they, they yeah, do and yeah. it was almost like um, because it was National League uh, you know when you walk out and you just feel it's just like the f- the the, uh, the smoke that comes up out of the tunnel and all sorts and you're walking through and all of a sudden you just see like <laughs> thousands of fans and, <laughs> yeah class um, so I think I remember watching that game because Carl Hudlin scored didn't he yeah yeah head up yeah tall player right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 six foot nine isn't he yeah um, which yeah. is uh, I think actually looking back at that game and I don't you know some people may you know whoever sorry or they may disagree but he him he went off so he went in for a challenge you know I think their centre half said he did the back of his head or whatever it was but he uh, him going off changed the game for me like he was giving their centre half something to think about yeah. and he doesn't have to be involved, but because he's so big, it was almost like, you know, they had to sort of worry about him. And even from goal kicks, to be able to just hit over someone knowing that they're going to flick the ball on yeah, was like incredible oh. for wide players, you know. I wanted to talk to you about that. So obviously the levels that you go up, do you see a big change in the playing style, do you think? So when you're at Moors and you've got somebody up top like Kyle Hudlin, mm. is it literally ball into the full backs? hit the big man runners off him is that how it is or no 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 really? um, managerial wise I would say that we went from one extreme to another mm. you know because Tim Tim Flowers was quite direct yeah. um, but it was so effective you know obviously we finished second in the league so we had like um, his recruitment was uh big strong you know we had like Nathan Blissett up front who's probably six foot six Danny Wright six foot four yeah. you know some real uh, player, Liam yeah. Daly at the back with me who was six foot eight yeah, you know yeah. he's he's huge as well so our recruitment was was down that avenue yeah. um, and then when we went from Tim Flowers to say Jimmy Shan who Jimmy Shan's come out of say Villa West Brom and mm. you know he's he's a uh, 
he's very much sort of technical based playing out from the back and mm. whatever and uh, so yeah I think like each manager obviously has their own sort of style yeah. and how they want to approach it but mm. um I don't think there's a right or wrong, is there? I mean, no. you know. You, you were happy with that style. Are you happy just... There's no certain style for you that you want to play. You're just happy to do what the, the managers are asking you yeah, to do. Yeah, I mean, whatever's working, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, when I, when I say Tim was, Tim was a little bit more direct, he was just a little bit more direct. When mm. we went direct and we used to go into the strikers and them drop downs used to happen in their final third we used to play some great football yeah. you know and you get your likes of Jamie Osborne on the ball and people like that you know that season he was absolutely on fire so um, we didn't exactly just get it and go boom like you know mm. at times we played some great football but at times as well we, it was important that we noticed that sort of you know ball, isn't it you know that you can it was working yeah. and when we was under Tim we like I say his recruitment was was for these bigger lads and we had like so many big lads in the team we would literally walk down the tunnel and it was almost like we won the game before we even kicked off really because the other team you know they used to look at us and think oh my god the size of these and you've got Danny Wright that's like so aggressive in the tunnel like fucking come on ref get him out of here get him out of here <laughs> whacking on the away, away, uh, away room Mind dressing games. room yeah get him out of here we want him out of here and then obviously Liam Daly's six foot eight and yeah, I mean, like, so aggressive in the approach and, it, you know, it, it nearly worked. <laughs> yeah. Fair play. You um, had some good experiences in the National League, fair to say. Teams like Wrexham, Notts County, massive clubs, aren't they? What mm. are those experiences like? M- yeah. Paul Mullin and... Yeah. Did, did you ever like play that? against them? Yeah, yeah. Mullin and uh, Palmer? Yeah. Hard? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mullins' movement is incredible. Like, really? yeah, yeah, he's 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 got that ten yards where he's just like so quick. And if you're looking at the ball as a centre half, he's off your back shoulder. Like, and for any centre half, will tell you that they're just you know that's not what you not what you want. Um, but you know, you don't need me to tell you what you know what a good player he is, and mm. uh, you know, he's such a, a goal scorer, and I think everything he touches you know, goes in, don't it? And yeah. Palmer just sort of like um, big, any yeah, yeah, yeah. He Aggressive. sort of facilitated mm. Mullin really well because he would bring the ball down, and Wrexham obviously got a good budget and whatnot to be able to bring some ex-league um, players into the mix, and uh, yeah, I think they 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 found form at the right time didn't they what were them away games like Good at Wrexham and Notts County yeah it? we had it was interesting because when we went when we went to uh, Notts County away they had like a a non-league day it was it was at the time and uh, they was promoting and pushing to get the the biggest following they've had down there right. at the time and uh, the fixture would come about and it was obviously us so we were like oh great um so when we went there, I think there was like around like fourteen thousand there, like for a national league game, mm. which is like Huge. great, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. a big following, and that was a great game to play in. And uh, I think you know your likes of Chesterfields as well. They've mm. always got good fan bases, and the, the stadiums are, are great as well. Uh, and that's why you know going back to what I said previously is like the national league is just as strong as League Two. Yeah, like definitely. you know them them clubs should not be well. Two of them aren't now. And I think, you know, maybe looking at it, Chesterfield on paper may be favourites to, to mm. go and win the league this year. So, big clubs. I can imagine that, McC- is it Macaulay Langstaff? Mm. I bet he's an handful as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good player. Um, 
didn't really do too much against us um, but over the course of the season you know you can't argue his figures can you it's him and him and Mullin have gone toe to toe so yeah yeah some some real good players and yeah, well, you know if if Notts County and Wrexham's and stuff like that are knocking about in that division you, you you'd, you're going to struggle to to be competitive every year with the likes of you yeah, know their their yeah. structure and their budgets I, I seen a stat the other day um, that Wrexham are tipped to to do it again go and win League 2 mm. wouldn't surprise me yeah, really wouldn't surprise yeah, me yeah. not at all I mean Salford in the playoff final yeah, they? no, no yeah. sorry Stockport yeah, yeah. Stockport they only went up didn't they yeah so. very true so it's um, good memories at Solihull five, yeah. five seasons you had there mm. good memories yeah real good memories um, glad you did it you know a couple of a couple of injuries that set me back a little bit but you know you, you name a, a player um, you know, at thirty or whatever, or late twenties, that hasn't had his fair share of injuries. Yeah. You know, it's it's part of the game. Um, the, this last season has been a little bit different for me um, in in terms of sort of not not as much time on the pitch as I wanted to be. But uh, you know, it's again, I suppose that's part of football, and you you do have to take it on the chin as hard as it is. And I suppose it's always a little bit harder when you're full time because it's you know something that you work for, you build up all week to try and make sure that you're playing and if you're not playing there's that feeling at the end of the week where you're not and you, you're a bit gutted but so I've got down here Gudge, a bit a bit of a stat so your first four seasons very very positive second ninth eleventh and third and then obviously this season your final season at the Moors finishing in 15th mm. so we're not digging we're not digging too deep here but did you feel that this season just gone something was missing then for that, for that season to finish 15th uh, yeah yeah um, I think you know from from going from a playoff final to having a fast turnaround to be back straight into a game uh, to, for, to this season you know that sort of high of winning 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 getting into the playoff final you know having that incredible experience yeah granted we lost Um then to have only a couple of weeks, I think it was like three weeks rest we had and we were straight back into this season. Um, that must have played a part in the, in the probably, you know, early stages. But I think, um, yeah, some, some it was missing. Um, uh, it's hard to put your finger on course, at times, yeah. you know, it's, it's not something you can just go, that's missing. Because if yeah. everyone knew the answer, you know, yeah, you probably wouldn't be in that be in position. position so. in, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'd say so, definitely. So, after this season then just gone, you've obviously finished at the Moors and now, if people haven't seen already, obviously you've moved back to Brackley. Mm-hmm. So, after this season just finished with the Moors, did you feel that that was the season that you'd have to move for you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had like some great memories there and I thought like this past season was just getting to the point where I thought that it was, I mean, you just have that feeling inside where you think like, okay, I want to move on. And it was almost a case of weighing up options. And because, you know, you got to remember as well that like, you know, this is just a a job as well. Like, you know, like anybody's job, you know, these, you know, non-league football is non-league football. They don't pay massive and massive and massive amounts of money you know mm. unless you are your Wrexhams and you may 
you know, get some real good money out of the game. But if you're going to base your career around Solly or Moores um, and other National League teams and 90% of them teams, it's a salary at the end of the day. Mm. Um, and you have to think about it in terms of location-wise and stuff like that. And, you know, when you have kids and family and, and whatnot and... Uh, and when I was at Solihull, it was it, it fit the bill, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was like the location was perfect, and I was enjoying my football and whatever. Um, this season didn't really enjoy it as much as I as I wanted to. Mm. Um, and then the season where we finished, what we lost in the playoffs, quite a few people sort of went, and I think that may have changed it a little bit for me and right. my individual sort of. Uh, opinion on it was that maybe we should have kept hold of a couple of them people that went mm-hmm. um, because that changed the, the dressing room it changed the feeling of the place um, but again it was still really enjoyable yeah. uh, you know but at the time you know with me not playing as many games as I want that ultimately has the biggest say you know I'm not playing so I'm not the the contributing in the way I want to mm. and so. as much as football is a team game at the end of the day you come into it as an individual don't you yeah, yeah, as much as you're there to look after other people, yeah. you're number one mm. at the end of the day, and you need playing time. And no disrespect, Gudge, but you're 30 now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You need game time. Yeah, you know, you're not at the V9 Academy anymore at 24, 25. You know, you, you you've got to play. And I think that me personally, my opinion, I think it's a great move. Yeah, I, I really do. Mm. Yeah, I mean. To be fair, I could have stayed full time. You know, yeah. could have if I wanted to. Like, there was what, a, um, what offers did you have? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, there was like, I mean, again, going back to it, like with having family and stuff like that, yeah. and um, I can't warrant travelling no. three hours a day no. to go and play full time football. If I was living at home, twenty one years old, do as you will, go and do it, and, and go and, and go and experience I it. I felt like I'd experience a full time game. Any sort of full-time move now for me is just a uh, to go and you know uh, have a another, like I say a, sal- a salary in, assess- in essence. But I felt that me coming out of full-time football and keeping things a little bit closer to home with my daughter and things like that, mm. and being able to sort of transition slower out of the game than what maybe a 34, 35 year old would. Yeah. Um, was important to me because I want to try and you know I've got other things that I want to you know try and achieve as well outside of football and different things I've got set up so um, yeah it, it works it works at home it works yeah, for football and it works it. for the other things that I want to do yeah, absolutely. I think it's easy to look in the other direction though and yeah, think definitely. Oh, I need to go and play as much as I can but I think you're bang on right mm. mate mm. but you are looking forward to going back to Brackley I am got yeah. Jimmy there still and Gaz and yeah they're still there the aren't they yeah I think they're about seven years deep there now. <laughs> Adam Rooney, you've played with as well? Yeah, he, I don't think he's there this year. Really? Uh, yeah, I think he's gone. Um, oh. Yeah, I think he was, yeah, I was at the Moors with him and then he went to Brackley and yeah, he speaks highly of Brackley and Brackley's, Brackley's a great club yeah. um, and it's probably as professional as you can get a part-time club like they're doing everything. I mean, we're going on pre-season tour. Yeah, I saw you going there. Really? Isle of Man, aren't you? Isle of Man, yeah. yeah. Mate, Playing Isle of Man on there. That would be superb, yeah. that Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the details like that and, you know, your away journeys and stuff, having, like, you know, your pre-match foods all set up for you and, you know, your hotels on a Friday night if the if the manager decides that you you need it. Like, you know, they're, they're trying to do everything right and on top of that, they're recruiting very well as well. So, so it's... They're, yeah, they're they are, some mate. Good they've, players, been they? they've been busy. They've been busy. Which... 
from a player's point of view, is fantastic. Yeah. You know, like yeah, keep them coming. Like yeah. exciting uh, times. I tell you what, so I've been to watch Brackley a couple of times. Been to watch Jimmy. Obviously, he was my gaffer at work. Um, the fans are fucking class, mate. Mm. The songs that they sing, mm. especially I won't, I won't sing it. But the one about Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the when he, they said he, he yeah, was signing yeah, a new yeah, contract? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking superb, mate. I'm, I'm chuffed for you, mate. I think yeah. it's a great move for you. I really do. Class, class. Right, well, let's get to the big bit then, Cookie. We're going to go on some quick fires. Oh, go on then. Quick, quick. fire questions. <laughs> Might not be very quick. He sounds, yeah. he sounds over the moon. <laughs> go on then. We all say quick fire, but they're, yeah, they're never out, are they? So we're going to yeah. call it. We're going to call it the treatment twelve. Good. Yeah. So we got twelve questions. Okay. Um, some are to do with football. Some aren't. Um, it, it hasn't got to be quick. You can take your time and have a think about it, but just answer them as best as you can, mate. That's far away, cook stuff. Go on then. Best player you've played against? Against? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm going to drop a big name here. Go on. Oh, we love a name drop. Wilshire. Oh, you fucker. Wow. Mm. Literally that? watching. That's what Carver that was. Wow. Even, even like, <sighs> like, you know, 14, I think he was, 15, like, I remember him. He was that good. Wow. That wow. is so funny that you've said that, by the way, because I was literally watching... Ben Foster's podcast the other day yeah, maybe Jack Wilshire okay. and every single person that was on that podcast Ben Foster was naming people that were all saying all the coaches all the managers said that you were the best player all the time all the big names in football saying fucking hell watch this kid yeah, yeah that's fucking name dropping how good you yeah right second one it's a big question this best manager you've played for and tell us why Oof. what am I talking manager in terms of what all round really yeah just the, the if I say best manager to you that you've played best, player, for, best okay. manager who maybe got the best out of you or in terms okay of so um, touch as well coach coaching wise Jimmy Shan with you know without a doubt mm. like he he is an incredible coach baggies weren't he yeah yeah, yeah. incredible like the sessions we used to do were like I don't think I did the same session there ever and mm. you can imagine how many sessions you do yeah. throughout a month you know it was it was yeah he was just unbelievable coach um, got the best out of me Tim Flowers nice yeah. nice and I, I'm right in saying that Jimmy Shan's gone Sheffield Wednesday now yeah Darren Moore. Sheffield Wednesday Darren oh, Moore yeah just got promoted yeah. Mm. superb best player you've played with as a centre back partnership I think as I'm a centre back partnership I got, surely I think I know this one go on I, I can't I can't I don't I don't think there is one no no I've had a I've had a fantastic relationship with uh, Callum Howe and I've had a fantastic relationship Howe. with yeah. um, Gaz Dean as well yeah, yeah equally I've had a, I felt like a real good relationship with both of them yeah mm. fair play fair play okay a little bit off topic now mate I don't know looking at you obviously you like can't see what I can see um, but he don't look like he has many favourite takeaway <laughs> uh, favourite takeaway probably a Chinese nice yeah, like yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. like it nice. and what do you eat before a game what do we eat before a game uh, so a bit you know I have to uh, two pieces of toast beans two poached eggs pepper 
Nice. Two hours before, or is it a three. certain time? Three. Three hours. Three hours before. Yeah. Okay. Orange juice and a coffee. Yeah. I like that. That's nice, that. Yeah. It's not like our Krogler burgers before not, the game, no. is it? <laughs> Uh, favourite TV series or programme that you're watching at the minute or that you've watched Gudge only Fools and Horses wow incredible didn't expect that Class. <laughs> didn't expect that at all best game you've been involved in Wembley yeah standard yeah, gotta, Class, be, yeah. gotta be superstitions Gudge do you have any yeah in, in and out of football yeah I do um they probably come more naturally to me now actually thinking well that's a superstition mm. <laughs> um, somebody who's in the changing room with you they go what the fucking hell are you doing yeah, there yeah 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 <laughs> uh, so in a, in a dressing room um, it's kind of weird like but you know like your sock tape yeah like it'll all be laid out and I'll have to take the, the sock tape that's got the most on it it's really weird isn't okay. it okay yeah. you're one of them takes why. a brand new, brand new uh, role that, are you fuming with that yeah yeah, 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 yeah. you're yeah. fuming with that I'll try and get rid of the, the little bit of the <laughs> yeah. tape right see they, 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 they've gone like I can't deal with that yeah, yeah. so I have, to, I have to do that um, fresh role yeah and then uh, same pair of trainers for match days really yeah and then um, always got to walk out onto the pitch before the game to the halfway line back I've got I could go on mate really? I can go on yeah 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 I can go on mate. superb first live game first live game as like a fan or like as a kid um, it would have been one of the um, Cov games yeah uh, yeah back in the well you obviously get, get tickets, tickets and stuff yeah. like that so um yeah, Highfield Road, what a place! No, yeah. Have you been to the Emirates much? Because obviously you said that you're a yeah, an try to fan. try to yeah. Um, been a couple of FA Cup games and stuff like that, and yeah. yeah, been down there a couple of times. But obviously, when you're playing, it's really tough, isn't it? Yeah. Like you know, it's not around the corner. But um, yeah, I do like to try and go whenever I can. I take nice. it you've uh, you've watched a few games this season. How are you feeling about yeah, that? Yeah. But you didn't want me to mention it. I know. I know. Do you know what I mean? Like. You could easily look at it and go, Arsenal chucked it away and, you know, or whatever, which, you know, it was in their hands, but I always had this sort of feeling where, like, you know, like Man City, they're just oh, so mate. good. Fucking just so good where you just think, like, it's not going to be over. You know, if there was if there was one game left and Arsenal, like, had to win, you know, and Man City had to win, and whoever sort of won, you know, I'd, I'd still sort of, you know, sort of point the finger at Man City to a certain degree because mm. it's... They're just relentless you no, know they mate. just win 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 and find a way of doing it whereas Arsenal they're probably haven't, not at that stage are they yeah, they've had a good season still building you know, it? really. it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to be like next season mm. to see mm. if they can do it again yeah alright next one Gudge your first ever pair of football boots what yeah. were they I've still got them actually wow yeah um, that's class that is class mate yeah uh, some little like black Adidas ones they look like a uh, Look like copers. Do they? Yeah, like that big. Fucking hell. Nice. Yeah. They're, Still they're worth keeping for life, they are, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I actually gave them to my cousin at one point when he was growing up, like, and he wanted a pair of boots. I gave him to him. And then I thought, no, 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 I need them back. <laughs> 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 Take them back off him. <laughs> Favourite holiday destination? Ooh. Uh, quite... Uh, what, what are we talking party wise or <laughs> no well, <laughs> well it's that's really, really. Where, where were you enjoyed the most mate yeah, 
they were, I like to go like I beef with the lads like yeah. I beef with some easy keep the missus in check though mate make yeah, sure you mention yeah. one of them and then we'll well. go to a, a nice <laughs> Tenerife trip or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah. class yeah. class yeah. go on then the last one mate and I think you I think you're going to struggle with this one best ever teen night out oh god and if you want to dig into it a little bit you're more than welcome <laughs> Well, we've had like some obviously real good nights with like um, like going away and stuff like like I say to IB for a Magaluf's and stuff like that, and yeah. um, you know there's there's been so much sort of like obviously you know as a bunch of lads do when yeah. they go away, it's like it's been brilliant. But um, when we was at Worcester, we went away and uh, it was it was a great experience because obviously Hughes he was like. Uh, everyone was walking past him like, and obviously knew who he was yeah. and um, went to this one bar and he's like knows the guy that runs the whole thing okay. so he's come and sat with us for the day and then all of a sudden like you know like everyone that worked there basically just bought so much drink over to us was sat on these like table type thing so much drink over to us and stuff and just said listen just help yourself type thing and we were <laughs> all in there just absolutely on it like and Husey, I'll never forget it. He sat there, like, and he's steaming, and he's got a bum bag on <laughs> with like his money in and stuff. And he sat there, with his head in his uh, head in his hands, and he's on this chair. And all of a sudden, I can see just like piss coming out of his shorts. <laughs> oh <my laughs> he's just sat there, just pissing himself. And I'm thinking, oh my god, look at the state of him. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was just like so many like, you know, you can make them into gifts and stuff like yeah. videos and stuff. Yeah. Like, everyone was just hammering them. Where then, was it? Where, where was that then? Where? That was Magaluf, that was. Magaluf. Yeah, oh, yeah, mate, yeah. that's normal. Out, mate. That's I, completely normal. I know, I know. But at the time, it yeah, was just like Husey. Like, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, If you've seen, say, like, you know, another person that you go, oh, yeah, like type thing. But Husey's just that person where anything he does, it's just like, he does it tenfold, don't he? Like. Yeah, yeah. Super. That, well, that's it, mate. You've passed, I think. Yeah, no, that's um, no class. Yeah, no. Thank you. Uh, thank you for so much for coming on. Appreciate, really appreciate it. it. We uh, wish you all the best at Brackley. Um, fantastic career you've had so far, and hopefully you continue to flourish at Brackley and yeah. continue and get some games behind you and have a good, good uh, another five, six years, maybe. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Longer. Uh, but thanks for having me on, boys, and uh, all the best with the yeah. with the podcast. Thank you very no, much, mate. Class. Just to let you know as well, just before we finish, Jimmy Arm- Armisen wanted me to call you Alan the whole podcast, <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I weren't going to do it. But good. I think you've been absolutely superb, mate. What a guest to have on yeah, for class. our first player one. Your stories are class, mate. Your stats speak for themselves. And uh, again, I think that we're going to see a lot more of Gudge in non-league doing well and I just wish you all the fucking best mate I really do thanks lads cheers appreciate it top class Podcast Network.